All right, welcome. Welcome all to another episode of SVT Sports Podcast. I am Vince. I got Tyler with me. Sam is going to join us in just a little bit. Uh, And Tim is on the ones and twos. Guess how I'm doing today, guys? Better than me. (laughs) I'm doing great. Spectacular. Oh, speaking of which, here's Sam. How's it going, Sam? What's up? What's up, man? Literally just hit go, so you missed nothing other than me bragging about how happy I am. Uh, But I didn't even get to the why. But everybody, you know why. You know why. MCA? Um, um i i I gotta tell you i i just uh i don't know something feels really nice like i I just had a really good day yesterday that's all um we'll talk about the warriors there's a couple other uh breaking news or not breaking news but like news that happened over the last week uh in basketball uh same with hockey we'll talk about the sharks and there's a couple other stories to go over wrexham and even a little bit of uh, English Premier League football and uh, local soccer as well. And baseball announced their Hall of Fame class. But first and foremost, you know what we got to talk about. It's the football. I uh, want to say, I want to say, um, I think I helped you get that win. I gave up my seat to go get some food and right. and it was going downhill. Right. Yeah. And you took that seat. I said, I even said swoop when I sat down in it. So like you couldn't like. <laughs> You didn't you didn't seat check it or nothing. I just went in and I swooped it. And um, I just at halftime, I changed the seat. And it wasn't that the Niners just, you know, stopped playing like idiots. It was that I switched seats. The turns have why, tabled. Yeah. My, my, how the turntables, right? Uh, uh, the Niners get the win in spectacular fashion, 34-31, uh, with a 17-point halftime deficit. They make the comeback. They get the win over. Eminem's Lions. Sorry, Marshall Mathers. Uh, your double birds can fly on back to Detroit. Uh, I mean, shame on him for thinking he could he could talk about the birds being in the Detroit. You know what? Honestly, Only one person. I, I I'm not <laughs> mad. Honestly, like like when em- it, it, Honestly, if I was sitting there in the stands right below Eminem's box and he didn't flip me off, I would have been offended. You know, like I I that's the minimum that I expect from him. Um, as a lifelong Detroit, you know, he's a Detroit native. He's been a Lions fan forever. He's been suffering. Um, and they were, they were in the driver's seat for the entire first half. And I was, I was nervous as shit in halftime, but I had not quite given up hope yet. Um, yeah, I think at that point I knew that the Niners had to get the, like they get the ball back. They had to score. I would have preferred a touchdown, but they get at least a field goal. And then, um, they, they, the Lions, they, they go on fourth down for it, and uh, he drops the ball, right? And and uh, then we're, we're off to the races at that point. The Niners go down and score a touchdown, and then uh, that's when it gets up to uh, 24-17. And then you get a turnover on the first offensive p- uh, play, uh, and and that's at that point, that's when I knew. I was like, okay, this is ours now. Like It's, it's going to take over. Dan, Dan Campbell's getting so much heat in the media today that I think is is it warranted sure from that game, but right. that that's been Dan Campbell all season long. Nothing right. this has changed. Is, this and, is I, and I and I I yeah. I could appreciate that. I understand sometimes you need to play better odds football, especially in a championship game, which Dan right. Campbell definitely should have. But mm-hmm. I I appreciate that he didn't change course of anything he did all season long to get the lines to where they're at. 
Right. And moment. I mean, uh, I think about uh, when, when he could have kicked that field goal when they were up 14, instead they go, they go for it on fourth. And was it, um, was it Williams that dropped it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The first one was Williams. The first the one, was Williams. one was Reynolds. I mean, they were, they were up 14 still at that point. They could have kicked a field goal to make it a three score game. That's what you need to do in playoffs. That's, I get that you're a bit of a gambler, but at this, at this stage of the season, you can't do what you do in the regular season. Sometimes, sometimes you got to take the, you got to take the, you got to throw out whatever, you know, your mantra is and just do the better percentage play and you got to play the possessions, right? Yeah. Uh, don't, don't necessarily worry about the clock at that point of the game, but know that the Niners only have three or four more possessions. And if you are up three, if you make it a three possession game, that increases your odds right. of winning. So yeah, even even I mean, even that, like when you go back to the Packers game and Shanahan was playing chess and everyone was playing checkers, he deferred so to kick that ball so he could have the ball with the last two minutes of the half and then starting the new half of the ball again, potentially exactly. being up 14. It's, it's basically stealing a, another possession. Yeah. And yeah. and that that's that's the way that a lot of teams like to uh go about it. Yeah. Uh in these days. But I, I'm just uh like the and then later in the game, you're down three. You're you know, it's a deep field goal that they would have had to try, but they um uh they 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 try any they, they try to get it on fourth again and, and they get stopped again. And yeah. at that point, it's like you gotta go for the tie, man. You're you, you gotta get points on the board. I mean, I get that you're a gambler, but uh this is a learning opportunity for him and the Lions as a whole and uh you're, I, the I road, appreciate you're the road team. Take the points. Just keep exactly. taking points. Yeah. You're the yeah, road exactly. team. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, uh, the Lions definitely left uh, some opportunities for them to take this game on the table. Uh, but I'm not too mad about it because I benefited uh, greatly from that. Uh, uh, the Niners, uh, they, they do execute in the second half big time. Uh, uh, just everything that was that going speech wrong. They, by, they turn it around. by Bosa, dude. Yeah. That locker room speech. Yeah, yeah, he do was like on, on his back with like heating do, pads. Do, do, do your job. job. Do your job. Yeah, just do your job. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> okay. they did big time. You know what, Sam? You know what that speech was like. And and Vince, uh, I'll allude you into this to this inside joke here. It was like Ron when he made us sign up for that wine wine. Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had greatest this, we salesman went, ever. We went, we went wine tasting, and uh, we were gonna get like a glass of wine for the table, like everyone to get a glass of wine. And our guy, Ron, who was our server, goes, just get a bottle. We're like, okay, we'll just get a bottle then. And then he goes, just sign up for the membership. We're like, okay, we'll just sign up for the membership. He had us sold. The most (laughs) lackluster, convincing argument ever. We're like, okay, sounds great to me. Yeah, he played it low key. He played it low key. He knew knew you guys. (laughs) The hard sell wasn't going to work. It's just, you got to kind of just undercut it a little bit, you know? Yeah, that was like Nick Bosa. Like, he didn't even raise his voice. No... Just do mm-hmm. your job. Just do your job. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> and but they it did like, do their you know, job. The, the tale uh, of two halves, the defense, you know, mm-hmm. showed up for the 49ers. Uh, McCaffrey showed up. And then, oh, my God, the quarterback for the 49ers was running around. Exciting yeah. plays. Yeah. Two, doing, two separate 21-yard yeah. <laughs> rushes, two of them at two separate times, picked up major first downs every time, got them. Yeah, one of them took him down to like the four yard line. Another one was like inside the twenty. Like he, uh, Brock Purdy was making plays left and right in that second half. And uh, 
I think about use check with the toe tap uh, to get a first down. Th- that was an incredible play. The biggest play of the entire game. Uh, they go, they go for it. Chuck it 50 something yards off the helmet. Brandon Ayuk there to scoop it. And did you hear what he said? Why it happened? Ladybug. It was the ladybug uh, pregame on his the ladybug shoe. catch. And that's uh that's, that's good luck. <laughs> They're calling it the ladybug catch now. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I think, I, I don't know what, like the, it was the entire sequence of that third quarter. I, do you call it the third quarter? Like, cause the Niners already have three, the catches. So that, that yeah. feels a little ridiculous to call it the catch four because the other three were touchdowns. I mean, I mean he caught a not. touchdown right after that. You yeah. yeah it was like it the a couple plays game. later. <laughs> yeah. we, we also have miracle at metal end too. Like, no, it, no <laughs> you I, know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, I'm getting the I'm getting the ladybug in there. Yeah, I'm going um, with the ladybug game. <laughs> I, I, it, another thing that kind of confused me, and um, I think your stepdad's in the chat asking about it. It's the run defense. Yes, and part of it is what su- like surprises me is how effective the Lions were with the rush in the first half. And when you're up 17, you figure they're good. They're going to just rush it the rest of the game, but no, that's, that's not what happened. They only get like 38 rushing yards the rest of the way. Um, part well, of it is the Niners stepped fumble. up, but uh, the, yeah. the other part is they didn't really try. I mean, cause the few times that they did rush it, they still found success, but for whatever reason, the Lions decided that they're going to play like they're behind when they're actually in the lead. And I, I, it's either genius or insanity. Uh, and it ended up being insanity at that point. As for the Niners rush defense itself, it's been like, you know, like a lot of people talk about how great it's been like through the regular season and statistically that bears out. But also, I don't think a lot of teams really truly tried to like rush it against the Niners. I think they saw some opportunities against non-Charvarius Ward cornerbacks and tried to pick on them instead. Uh, Ambry Thomas kept getting torched uh, again. So I, I kind of, well, I will, I will say I'm a little concerned. Maybe they're just a little rusty. They just weren't expecting, uh, cause this is two, two games in a row. The Niners have played like crap, uh, on defense. Uh, and and if they figure it out and for the Super Bowl, if they start suddenly decide to start playing what they're capable of playing to, that makes me feel really good. Like you've had two, two of your worst games really of the season and you still get wins and they're in the playoffs that that makes me feel like the the doors are wide open uh, yeah. at least so i I'm, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic again your your chances. super bowl you will get blitz steve spagnola will blitz the living oh, crap yeah. out of you yeah. like constantly. brock has been brock has been excellent against the uh, against a lot of uh things that people wouldn't expect uh, like he's been excellent against the blitz he's been great outside the numbers which is you, you uh, people assume that he's a dink and dunk guy because of all the talents around us no brock has been uh, we talked about it last week he's been pushing nothing, the ball down the field. Nothing, he pushes the ball downfield but you know sometimes we use this term dink and dunk as a knock against a guy yeah that's fucking smart football so mm-hmm. if you you know look at look at baltimore right baltimore was blitzing um and what was mahomes doing he was dumping the ball off Yep, Pacheco behind yep. the blitzer. Yeah, so didn't Kelsey no have like 11, 11, 11 grabs no for Kelsey? There. Like, so I mean, yeah, this is right what, over the top. Go. This is yeah. what Brock Purdy is going to do uh, when he gets blitzed. He's shown it for over a year now. When he gets blitzed, 
sh- you know, uh, Shanahan's smart enough to know, and the receivers are smart enough to know that when that blitz happens, you're running to the open space. You're running towards the area that that person vacated. And yep. they do things with motion. So if you move a guy, say say you, you move a guy from, from outside and you move him in and you hike the ball, you're positioning that wide receiver to get the inside track because you know the blitz is happening. So you're going to put the corner on the outside. So that yep. pass, you're just going to throw it to, to a spot and that receiver is going to go and get it. So I don't really, I'm not really worried about the blitz against the 49ers and it, it's the same for Mahomes. I'm I'm not really worried against the blitz against Ma- Mahomes. Mahomes he hasn't game. been sacked in like something like two years or year and a half or something like that. In the playoffs. Yeah. yeah and crazy he's, stat. Mahomes mm-hmm. is crazy because he's not necessarily a blazing fast guy, but he does enough to move around. And then when he does get into open space, he's going to hurt you. He's athletic enough to hurt you. And yeah. I would say he's probably a little more athletic than, than, than Purdy as far as running. Um, but Purdy Flash, man, you know, he, he extended what he needed to do. Um, keep how many of these alive. sacks is like he's down. No, wait, no, he's not. He ducks under it. Uh, that that use check uh, toe tap that I talked about. That was one of them. He was Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked on that, you know, but Brock Purdy found a way to escape out of it, duck under it, swim, move, whatever, spin around and then extend the play. Yeah, like you were talking about, man. But how many times, too, that I mean, on those runs where people are, are swiping out his ankles, and he, it disrupted him, but he w- he had the strength to to power through to get it and still get a throw off. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, well, that to your point though, Sam, like that's that's what makes your CMC so amazing is that he's probably one of the best, if not the best, you know, receiving running backs, right? Catching, right? He knows when you're getting blitz to go into a hole and get into a flat to where the defense is not at. And it can just be that bailout all the time for, for Purdy, right? Absolutely. And I think that's that's one trait that I, I think goes super underrated. But it was brought up two weeks ago uh, before the Packers game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess two weeks ago now that they brought that up uh, as far as like a game film tape thing. And I was like, I've been noticing this all season long. He just is, is underrated because he's able to bail out his his quarterback when he needs to bail out his quarterback. And I think that what makes CMC so special. So, I mean, it's what yeah. makes this offense so special. It's what makes uh, Kyle Shanahan such a, you know, a, a respected uh, offensive play caller. I mean, some of the offensive schemes is is running what his dad has ran, you know, what what Mike Shanahan has ran, but he's putting his own little wrinkle on it, you know. Yeah. And we know that the the Shanahan offense is going to open it up for running backs. I mean, the, the Shanahan family has turned out uh, many running backs. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so, so he's made mid guys good. He's made good guys great. He's made great guys Hall of Famers, you know? Exactly. Like, like and, he's able know, to John elevate, Elway, get the most out of them. You know, uh, Mike Shannon had it, had John Elway for a long time, but as soon as he got Terrell Davis, all of a sudden they, they get two, uh, two Super Bowls, you know, be, because of the, the running back, because they were finally able to put it all together. And now Kyle Shanahan has CMC as an MVP caliber uh, running back who could, you know, catch the ball, run the ball. And for, for a smaller back, McCaffrey's able to like get through a sloppy, so messy, yeah. 
area, you know. He um, he he's size and speed, you know. He's right. the best and, of both worlds. And, and then you got Debo, who's who's a wide receiver who is we'll call capable, him a wide back. Is capable of being a running back, but they're like opposite ends of uh, the spectrum of each other. You know, you got yeah. a, a running back who could be a receiver, and then you got a receiver who's a running back, and then you got uh, Ayuk, who's who's becoming a legit number one guy. Um, you know, what did he have? Like 1200 yards on the seasons receiving yeah. 1100, something like that. Yeah. 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 He cleared 12. Um, I think, um, I did but, say this year was the year that I was going to, I no, actually let me rephrase. My stepdad said, this was going to be the year I was going to go off, try and draft if you can. And I fully believed him and I got him in one league. I didn't get him in the other one, but he did go off this no, year. No, I mean, and then George, you know, you got George Kittle, who's, you know, then you got probably the best wide, uh, receiving fullback. You know, he's not going to get a lot of touches because of other guys, but, you know, hey, he stepped up when he needed to. So there's a lot of weapons on this 49er offense, and that definitely helps Brock Purdy. Um, But we've seen other quarterbacks with this team, with the same uh, pieces, and they they were not able to perform. I really I really don't think any you can put any quarterback in this system and they're going to perform. I just do not believe that is true. Oh, um, so Brandon I stats just to clear it up. 75 receptions, 1,342 yards, seven touchdowns, an average of 17.9 yards per reception. Yeah, yeah half of that is probably yak. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, you know, the yak brothers for sure. And then and that's what, you know, again, with uh, you know, you blitz these guys, you blitz Purdy, and he's gonna dump it off. All of these receivers, all of them. Uh, even Jennings was, was making plays when his number was called, when he had to, when he had to step in yeah. last week, uh, for Debo, cause Debo was out on the fourth, fifth play of the game. But he, I also think that that's, up. that's why the lions tailed off in the second half, because they're all this, what you want to call dink and dunk is that they're getting chewed up, you know, five, six, seven, ten 10 yards per play. Well, now you got to bring some guys off back into yeah. pass coverage. You got to bring some guys back at this the point. other thing that the 49ers do, I think better than anybody else is their wide receivers fucking block yeah Yeah. wide receivers block and if Mm -hmm. you ain't gonna block in this offense you're not on the team yeah yeah um i i would uh add in that basically the entire year um except for a couple of times we would go into halftime we would see the niners go into halftime they'd be up maybe a touchdown or three or even just down three or tied game it it would look like a close game, but then in the second half, the switch is flipped, and then they they like turn on the afterburners, and it ends up being a fourteen, you know, seventeen, twenty point win. Like uh, that happened time and time again. It's happening in the playoffs, uh, but uh, but but now it's just like they're 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 from behind a lot further than I'd like. Um, so if they like anytime it's a close game, if now I know if it's within 17 points, I'm not ruling it out. Right. So, right. I mean, I mean, this is, this is what the Niners have been the entire time. And that's the only reason why I wasn't giving up hope yet is because we talked about it before the Niners have been a second half team the entire year. They've been, whether it's making adjustments or just getting their heads right. And, you know, telling each other to just do your job. You yeah. know, I mean, they, 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 whatever happens in halftime, they get it right. They get it fixed. And now they're going to the Super Bowl where they're going to have, instead of 12 minutes, they're going to have a, like a half an hour halftime where if there is stuff to 
to manage or fix or whatever or draw up on the fly. They can do that now. What, what was your what was your Usher's first song? Uh, I think it's I th- yeah. I think, I think it's, it's coming out. It's yeah as well. I, I think it's I, good. the reason why I think yeah, it's, it could yeah. be like the second song, and then he surprises everybody with Luda and Lil John coming That's... out as the second song. So then maybe he does something else first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it maybe comes like, out like, with maybe the, it's uh... OMG. Ooh, we could. I think OMG. it comes out with the with 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 Luda and and Lil John first because then the rest of the show was just Usher. You no, already see, got. I mean, we, we've seen other halftime shows where it's like when, when it's just one person. If they do bring out guests, it's early in the show, but it's not the first song. It's never Ooh. the first song. So that's why I'm thinking if he is gonna bring them out, um, or that song, song, then it'll be like the second or the third song of like a seven song set or whatever. I, I know MGM's got this on a bet, so I'll have to take a look and see what they're yeah. at. I mean, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more stuff we can talk about next week. Uh, you know, when, when we get all the, um all the fun little side bets, that's, yeah. that's really yeah. where it's at. Um, So, uh, the, I mean, I, I think I, I'm just really excited that they were able to get the job done. Uh, Brock Purdy had, you know, over 50 yards rushing, but that last uh, kneel down on fourth down, uh, 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 third down and fourth down, uh, that put him under 50 yards. So he only had like 48 or whatever, but he had 50, he had more than 50 yards rushing on plays that count. What was his passing? Did he finish 300? Did he get there? Uh, no, it, it was, was like 260, 260 something. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Damn, should take the under. <laughs> they had him at right 30, 306.5. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that that's the advantage of having a uh, a well balanced attack is, uh, yeah. you know they they didn't have to throw every single pass to make that seventeen point comeback. I mean, look, you're gonna make all the parallels you want, but it reminds you of the Eagles last year. Like, how do you want it? Oh, you want us to run it? We'll run down your throat. Oh, you mm-hmm. want you want us to pass it? We'll pass it. How do you CJ, want CJ Gardner Johnson doing his little wave with five and a half minutes left? Never, in the never do quarter? that. Never he do was that. Asking for trouble at that point. Yeah, yeah. You are asking for hurt, man. But did you guys see he's Debo's getting tweet? properly ripped? What did you guys see Debo's tweet? No. Uh, oh, oh, so somebody Debo, check on <laughs> little. Somebody whatever. check on little bro. Check oh. on little bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's true though. Like that's that's this 49ers offense. It's like, how do you want it? Like, yeah, we're not doing great, but we'll figure it out and give it to you. Oh, you just figure that out. Oh, we'll just turn around, just do it like this. Like that's yeah. that's your offense right now. But right. I will say. You know, if you're going quarterback to quarterback, Purdy is 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 right up there. But it's going to be a tough test if you go in toe to toe with with Mahomes, oh. man. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is. I mean, I, I I'm going to give uh, the Rams some flowers right now. I mean, not, not the Rams, the, the Lions. Lions some flowers Lions. Uh, right now. Uh, they 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 had a hell of a season. Yeah. Uh, if they were playing any other team besides the Niners, I probably would have been cheering for them. You sure. know. Yeah. Uh, and. They they made the Niners work for that win. They they gave them everything they had and then some. It came down in the end. It came down to an onside kick that they couldn't quite recover. You know, so uh, they almost had it, and then they, they realized well, they touched it nine. Yards. He touched it about a yard and a half too soon. Um, Kittle ended up on top of it anyway. So I mean, uh, the Niners sealed the deal, and uh, on that last play was where it ended up. But they, they definitely made the Niners work for it, and it was a hell of a season. And they, they have a lot, like, of the, like, 100 best players list that comes out every year, I expect to probably see seven or eight of those dudes on it next year, you know? Um, yeah, I think that, that team is not done. Like, that team, that's a no, young team. They're, they're, they're going to make some back. noise. Yeah. yeah they'll, they'll be back. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. they're they're I mean the the up and down the roster. I mean they got a a really good roster and mm-hmm. what they're able to to add. Hopefully, um, you know they're going to have a later draft pick, but they've been finding talent through every round. You know, yeah. so if they they can keep hitting and add a couple of free agents, obviously they need help on the defensive line. Um, Aiden Hutchinson needs help. Um, their secondary is, I mean, they try, they sell out to stop the run. Um, so they're willing to sacrifice the pass. So if they get some safeties, some corners, I mean, that's kind of the missing element on yeah, defense it's, it, is, is some defensive back. The, the another, defense another needs, a, needs a little bit of Reno. Um, the offense is basically there. Um, uh, they, you know, obviously you want to just keep adding pieces wherever you can. If you find talent, you can get when talent. they made that trade, right? But, they got rid of Stafford. And they got Jared Goff in oh. return, mm-hmm. and it didn't start off too well. What were they like three and 13? three thirteen and one in that and first then, season yeah. with Goff? And every I said it, you know, oh, you ain't gonna win with Jared Goff, but you know, Goff is again one game away from a Super Bowl. Yeah, and how sneaky good he's been, and all these people, all these all these pundits were taking Goff over over Brock Purdy, and you know, obviously the uh, you know the um, 49ers are advancing, but you know, golf deserves his flowers too. He, you know, he, he made some mistakes, but he also delivered a bunch of passes that his, that his wide receivers dropped. Yeah. I mean, when, when he yeah. had a clean pocket, he was as good as anybody in this league. He had a clean pocket for most of the night. Yeah. Especially that first half, like the Niners yeah. just outside of Nick Bosa, nobody was able to get to him uh, yeah. for basically the entire game. Uh, they were able to move him around a little bit. And when he started moving around, that's when he had some more problems. I think guys and had, uh, honestly, like two or three sacks, something like that. At the uh, end of the night. I think it was, I think it was like three, but uh, yeah. Bosa had two of them. Yeah. Uh, so Bosa finally showed up. Welcome to the playoffs. You know, yeah. um, no so, time like yeah. present. do your job. <laughs> exactly. Do your uh, job. To, to your dad's point, unfinished business with the Chiefs. What does he mean by that? Because uh, four years ago, that's why. Mm, okay. okay. Um, because there are a few, like quite a few players from that 2019 uh, team and then this 2023 team, uh, there are still quite a few players on both sides. Um, well, Pops, the Eagles have unfinished business with the Chiefs too. Everybody has unfinished business with the Chiefs yeah. if you go back the last like four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing. Uh, the Niners basically in this Kyle Shanahan era have not had much luck with the Chiefs. Um, yeah. They have more um, quarterback ACL tears than wins against the Chiefs uh, <laughs> under fun. Kyle Shanahan. So that's not fun. Uh, maybe they're just due. We'll we can talk more about that next week, though. Um, uh, I'm ready to move on from the Niners, uh, unless you guys have any other points you want. No, no, no. Let's 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 rally down this coaching carousel. Okay. No, 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 no. We we didn't even talk Ravens Chiefs yet. Um. Yeah. We, we skipped. No, I mean, I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um uh the Chiefs win 17-10 over Baltimore in Baltimore. Baltimore uh, blew it, man. They yeah, fucking they, blew it. They gave that game yeah. away. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was uh, Zay Flowers, as talented as he is, he he made a couple of critical errors between the uh, the taunting penalty and uh, f- and fumbling on the half yard line. Uh, oh, that's just that, those that's are, the biggest one. That's the big one. The yeah. taunting one they almost yeah. were able to recover from, but uh, that taunting that 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 what that ended up killing them. That was it. Uh, the that that fumble through the yeah, end. Yeah, I mean it was it was a chippy game. It was a great game. Uh, I mean you had Lamar passing to himself inadvertently. Um, yeah, off the deflection. I mean, We've seen that. Yeah, Lamar did some crazy things. Like Lamar proved that he's a great quarterback. But at the end of the day, 
you know, talent yeah, doesn't always beat out hard work. Hard work beats out talent. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, they they really. I thought that the Chiefs did a pretty good job of limiting his ability to run. Uh, yeah. They made they really made him be a pocket passer more, and they were I'll, able I'll to defend this. it better too. The app that I had had him at over and under at eleven rush rushes, and I was like, Chiefs gonna hold him below that, and he finished at eight. So yeah, yeah, yeah they definitely held him in check for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he's it, obviously it's in you know they're they're a team that's gonna be a problem. That defense is stellar. Um, yeah. It's amazing. The Bears give up Roquan Smith. I mean, why would you want that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Give him away for freaking nothing. Well, they gave away Um, him, and they gave away the other kid to to the Eagles, which I think he left to go somewhere else in free agency. But, I mean, the the Bears, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I don't understand what they're doing. But, hey, at the end of the day, they're offloading. They're trying to – Rebuild, I guess. I don't know what they're trying to do. I can't figure out what the Bears are. The Bears are eternally rebuilding. (laughs) That's what it really comes down to. With with Baltimore, I mean, they. it's like the apex of poking the bear. You know, the pregame, I was telling Vince came over and was watching the the first game. They, you know, you got the the kicker set up in the Chiefs end zone where, where Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs are running warm ups. And he's over there. Trolling yeah. the Chiefs, and then that made it to Twitter, and then so people are talking, you know, oh, you know, because Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey are like throwing the the little kicking stand and the helmet, you don't know, get the fuck out of here, and the Chiefs are getting slandered for it. We're like, go set up on your side, dude, and to me that was poking the bear, and then the the Ravens are standing over there, and there's a little the little scuffle on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And you you came talking that talk, and you didn't really show up to play. And it was the uh, there was the penalty where I, I believe it was Roquan Smith should have just touched the helmet. Right, he you, was trying to touch turn a the first helmet. and five into a first and ten to um, get the so, clock. Yeah, because yeah. then the, the clock is going to go, but then I'm they got to go ten yards. Unsportsmanlike. Yeah. And then yeah. you drilled the fucking guy. Then you give him a first down and the 15. All he had to do was touch the shoulder touch pad. That's it. My, just uh, touch the helmet. Real quick. my was just undisciplined. My stepdad said, Lamar played small. He could take his MVP and hide it in his closet. You, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was just so undisciplined that, you know, the, you make a big catch and then you, you spike it on a dude's head and, you know, say something like, dude, if you wanted to celebrate, get up. Face the other way, throw the ball, make do your first hand, ge- your first down gesture, move on. But then you know you, you get the penalties, they flowers, and then you fumble it, and then the interception in the end zone. So I mean, you had points on the board, yeah. and yeah. you, you would have handedly won this game if you would have stayed committed to just executing. Instead, they wanted to talk that mess, the chest out, and yep. and you cannot do that against this chiefs team. Andy Reed in this entire team is disciplined is tough. Andy Reed's a mentally tough person. He is a fucking hall of fame head coach. Yep. You cannot do this against the chiefs. And he's even with commercial personalities, even with wide receivers that even without Tyreek Hill, even with the worst (laughs) receiving group that Patrick Mahomes has, 
He has a Hall of Famer in Kelsey. He has Pacheco and uh, he has Rice. Those guys are firing on. Those guys are firing right now. Yeah, and you, you and, can't take and, them lightly. And Baltimore did. And you got BME. So I mean, I, and you got one arguably one of the great, good, great DCs. Arguably one of the greater ones. Like he can adjust on a fly. So it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. As I said, losing Big Red with the Eagles is one of my biggest regrets. But I feel like uh, time was uh, passed at that point, and we felt like we weren't going to get past the uh, championship round without uh, moving on. But Big yeah, Red proved them all wrong. It, it, it honestly, <laughs> it uh, it's kind of weird right now. Um, the Niners are getting all of the um, all of the hate that somebody that's won three Super Bowls has gotten, but without actually completing the job. So it's like. Everybody's like, ah, oh, like everybody hates the Chiefs because the Chiefs keep winning. Yeah. But everybody also kind of hates the Niners uh, with the same amount. So a lot of like the NFL memes or whatever, it's like uh, Northern California is like cheering for the Niners. And then you got Kansas and Missouri cheering for the Chiefs. And then the rest of the map is gray saying, oh, no, cheering for the asteroid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like, just think, so I it's, think it's, it's, I just, I, I want the Niners to get the W for many reasons, but at that point, at least they would have earned a little bit of a hate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a dog in the race, but I, I'm not going to hate on either two. I think it's going to be a great game. I hope this game ends as an all time classic and we get to watch this, this game 30 years down the road on ESPN classics as an all time classic. That's all I, I know. Watch. Another thing that I know for sure is either way, the, um, the, uh, the maggots are going to hate it. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I know. Either either Taylor Swift is happy, or the city, or, or or the area that has Nancy Pelosi in charge of Congress for them is going to be happy. So either way, the maggots are going to hate it. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk coaching carousel. Uh, Jim Harbaugh officially to the Chargers. Uh, Vic Fangio is out as defensive coordinator in Miami on Wednesday, and then by Thursday he's in Philly as the defensive coordinator, Tyler, you know, how are you feeling? So I'm a little upset with it, but then now, now that I'm like, I've had some time pass, like we, we've always run a four, three defense, right? That's always been a thing, right? Vic Fangio's always run a three, four, but I'm now learning that Vic Fangio also runs a six, you know, he loves the box four and, and then, you know, two or, you know, he'll, he'll, he, he does some things that struggles some top end quarterbacks, and I started watching the the, the long uh, podcasts, um, and they like kind of broke it down about how Shanahan and you know big name coaches said they struggled the most against Vic Fangio's defense. Like I I I want to see it. I want to believe it. You know, um, he was obviously uh, on the staff as far as for the Super Bowl for for being a divisor role. Um, I was not happy about it then. Um, I'm not really particularly sold on this, but, you know, I'm starting to see, you know, but there's some potential fine if it works out great. Right. I'm more excited about the new hire, which is Kellen Moore, um, because he runs motion schemes. He runs arguably the top five in motions in all of NFL. And if I've seen anything this season with the Eagles, motion was not a thing. Bubble screens were not running the ball or motion screens was it's just motion in general was not a thing. So I'm more excited about the OC higher than I am about the, uh, the DC higher, but Hey, look, if the DC translates to more of the OC and the OC uh, is able to put more points on the board, then 
I ain't complaining. I, I think they're both complain. fantastic hires. I think yeah, they are um, fantastic hires. And I think, uh, what's his name? Sirianni? Sirianni. Um, I think it's a smart move is, you know, hey, I mean, look at John Harbaugh on Baltimore. That One of the reasons it was so surprising that they lost the way they did is when you think of a John Harbaugh Ravens team, you think of disciplined football, right? On both sides of the fall, ball, you have a disciplined team. He was a special teams guy. He was a special teams coordinator for like 20 years with the Eagles. Yep. And he comes over and is a head coach. People scrutinized it. But when he put that staff together, he hired a really good offensive coordinator and a really good defensive coordinator and surrounded himself with really good coaches. And I think that's what you're seeing with D'Amico Ryans. You know, he surrounded himself with really good coaches with a young football team. And I think this is what the Eagles are doing. I mean, Kellen Moore... I think Dallas made a mistake letting him walk. You know, I they agree. let him go and he went to San Diego and I know San Diego wasn't uh you know, they weren't the team that uh some of the pundits expected them to, to injuries. Beat, you injury know, but they were hit them bad. Devastated by injuries. Um but they offensively they were still fairly decent. They but they were riddled with injuries unfortunately. And you look at his time in Dallas, they were the number 2 de- number 2 offense two years in a row yep um you know so i think that's a great hire and i think uh vic fangio he comes with uh i mean you know he knows a lot of football and he knows a lot about defense and he's gonna surround himself with high quality uh position coaches so i think this these are both fantastic hires by the eagles and i think sarani sees uh you know he needs to delegate more you know i think you know look Andy Reid, he obviously he's doing a lot on the offense. You know, he's basically the offensive coordinator. He's so creative. Um, but he delegates a lot. You know, he delegates a lot to to his uh Spagnolo is a, a great defensive coordinator. He was on that Ram Super Bowl team. Um, you know, so he's gonna delegate a lot uh to his to his coaches, you know, and I think that's what a good head coach does. I think it's great hires by by the Eagles, both of them. I just I I just think that we have a lot of guys that are built for three four defense, so we're gonna have to change how we view our defensive schemes, and I think that might be a learning process, um, which makes me a little nervous, uh, you know. But hey, the, everything I've been seeing about Vic Fangio, you know, it's given me some promise, so I, I'm not gonna knock it until I see it, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm actually like I I agree with Sam. These are great. These are potentially great hires we'll see how it shapes out in the end but um they're they're setting themselves up to um to come back and be a force again after yeah. the way uh, the eagles just collapsed at the end of the year um can't have that again otherwise sirianni's gone um right yeah uh, yeah doesn't matter how many times like how how long ago you went to the super bowl if they're collapsing like that two years in a row that's it so he's he's basically this is to save his job i think and he brings it's, in uh... two veteran coordinators to try to run to write the ship we, we all Absolutely. know it's it's not a what have you done for me lately it's what are you doing for me now <laughs> right exactly uh so let's turn to atlanta they hire raheem morris uh who was the rams defensive coordinator he's going to be their next head coach uh i i, I like that hire a lot uh, uh that's gonna be uh it's gonna be great for atlanta yeah especially getting rid of uh arthur smith and then turning to raheem morris's uh, uh, I, I think very highly of Raheem Morris and the job he's done, uh, especially with the Rams having Aaron Donald and nobody else. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales is now the Carolina Panthers head coach. He seems like a um a very Stop, positive yeah. outlook kind of guy, you know. So uh I, I don't know like, much I just, about I, it, but I, I wish you the best. Being yeah. in the Panthers organization right now, it's a bit it's, of a fucking yeah, dumpster fire. <laughs> he's probably a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. probably not going to be successful his first time as a head coach. Just, yeah. The, uh, the situation in Carolina is not, not appealing to me at least. Uh, like my stepdad said, Fangio is an upgrade better than Matt Patricia. I would agree with that. Uh, I think Matt Patricia has come a long way in his post game interviews uh, from what I've seen from the press conferences, <laughs> but um, as a coach, uh, no, thank you. I didn't want him when he, when he got hired on and uh, I'm good to see him leave as well. All right. Uh, and then, think, you know, uh, oh. was it the Panthers hired uh, Dan Morgan as the GM? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if he has any uh, scouting assistant GM uh, experience. I know he's a former player. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't always guarantee that you're going to be a good uh, uh, scouting guy, um, you know, putting putting this together type of person. You know, the dynamic with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is uh, – you know, Kyle Shanahan, it ends with Kyle Shanahan, right? That's that's the buck. Um, John Lynch has uh, Brog, um, you know, to work on the contracts. Um, his his second in command went over to the Washington. Uh, so John Lynch had quite the staff around him to kind of handle the, uh, um, the nuts and bolts of contract writing and financials and things like that. Um, but as far as identifying talent, that's yeah. you know yeah. yeah you know that's that's them so i don't know it, it just seems kind of uh suspicious with uh with carolina i don't know if i don't know if those are going to be good moves at the end of the day yeah and, uh we were talking last <laughs> week uh the raiders didn't have a gm they got a gm now oh yeah that's right uh, uh this tom fucking, telesco former charger gm you know Ugh, um, uninspiring it, it just feels kind of like dumb uh yeah. it just kind of feels <laughs> dumb Especially because you get a champ. Yeah. Well, I mean, you blew you blew out the Chargers, and literally was the nail in the coffin to to have Telesco and Staley fired that day, the next day, whatever it was. And then, you know, what do you think, it, Mark? You know what we put a, a sixty three Burt piece on these fools. That's my GM. Like, what you know? What are you thinking? Like, I don't know. It just seems. Dodds, I think, would have been a better if you really wanted somebody who was more experienced. You could have went that direction, or or even a, a different general manager. Um, I just did not like the uh, Telesco hire. I know there's kind of like a lot of talk about some of the the rosters he's been able to put together. And I'm like, okay, he hit possibly he hit on the quarterback and hit on some draft picks with wide receivers and some guys over here. Oh, not not but the they most current one for won. the Chargers. Yeah, not the most won. current wide receiver. That no, one people, is hot people garbage. Are saying, people are saying he put together good rosters. They didn't win. Yeah. They didn't win. They haven't won. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Davis said it himself that when they played head-to-head since Tom Telesco's time in San Diego and then up until last year, the Raiders beat him twice. Like beat them, you know, uh, the Raiders lead the series by two games. So this better roster wasn't even beating the Raiders. 
So I I don't know. It just seems like a un uninspiring uh, move. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Champ is like, you know what, I'm going to opt out and just leave. Like I and I, I think, think he's he, going to be. I think, I think be he has a. a I think he has another year on his contract, and it looks like he's not going to get a job this hiring cycle. I think. I think the only GM spot that's potentially open is maybe Seattle. Um, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, he interviewed with um, Carolina, but we know that job is uh, is full. Um, so I don't know. I think he might finish out the year. Maybe he leaves after the draft because um, I'm sure after the draft, Telesco is going to hire, you know, his own scouting department, things of that nature. Um, I just felt like it would have been. Um, I think the fans were all hoping that um, you know Champ Kelly was going to get the job, um, but Mark Davis didn't want to go with a rookie head coach and a rookie GM at the same time. Um, some people were asking, "Well, why did you announce Antonio Pierce?" I think what they did was they interviewed whatever GMs, and all of them Mark that were still in, were okay with with Antonio Pierce. So I think that's what happened there was Telesco was okay with uh, Antonio Pierce and uh, so was Champ Kelly obviously but I don't know I I I felt like how are you going to get experience becoming a GM if you don't get promoted you know um coaches get second chances but you don't really see GMs really getting a second chance once a general manager is fired you don't they don't really get second chances anymore they used to yeah, Not Trent Balky. There's a rare one here or there, but like, well, it's yeah. like the old adage of uh, I need uh, people in the age gap of uh, 20 to 25 with 30 years of experience. <laughs> exactly. No, there's, I mean, there's a ton of general managers that built championship caliber teams and he've even won and they didn't get a second chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a general manager, that's kind of a shit job. You either get promoted out of general manager or or you right. get fired at ge- as a general manager and yeah, true. you either move Raiders, up to uh, like president of football operations or you're done. Like, yeah, it's kind yeah. of rough. It's and a the hard Raiders knock life are, out there for GMs. Uh, you know, they're, they're spending a lot of time on uh now they need to identify an offensive coordinator. Um, looks like they're going to be interviewing uh Clint Kubiak, uh, your boy over there in San Francisco. Um, he's the passing game coordinator. What right. I read, he's the passing game coordinator. Uh, he's obviously not calling any plays, but he's the, he's the coordinator works a lot with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move on to basketball. That was 45 minutes on football. Um, I could, yeah. could go another hour. Uh, we probably could. We, we probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, let's not knock over your water. Vince. Come on. Smarter than the cup. 5% smarter than the cup. Okay. Uh, the warriors, uh, over the last week, they get the win against the Hawks. Uh, that was a big blowout win. And then they lose two heartbreakers uh, at home versus the Kings. And then at home in double overtime versus the Lakers. They are five games under 500, 12th in the West. Upcoming games are Tuesday against Philly, fr- uh, Friday at Memphis, Saturday at Atlanta, and then Monday at Brooklyn. That game tips off at 430. So, uh when we're talking next week, they'll be playing. I'll be I'll be at the game tomorrow against Philly. So hopefully uh, Joe and B doesn't uh, say he's injured 15 minutes before tip off like he did uh, last week, uh, which he's now that team is under investigation for that. Anyways, um, this is the first time I've seen Steph Curry be so upset about officiating that he actually had to bring it up 
in the post game press conference. Um, yeah. And that double overtime against the Lakers, there was a lot of missed calls. And, Not that and anything's going to change, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, he is the one superstar that does not go to the free throw line. I mean, you can go back as as his career. Let's let's go back ten years. He yeah, still uh, doesn't get called. Think, think about like twenty fifteen against uh, 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 uh against the Pelicans when he gets hammered on that three that he makes in the corner in the to corner. tie the game. Yeah, uh, when they were down twenty, and then that's the game the one that ties it. He should have gotten another free throw at that point uh, yeah. to put him up. At, at that point, he got absolutely clobbered. And so, I mean, there's just like every every year, uh, pr- you know, what? frankly, every week there's at least one call that's pretty egregious that he just does not get. And it happens yeah. often, you know, even the Kings game, he got an elbow by Sabonis on that on the on the rebound. It's like you, you elbowed the dude in the face and the ref is standing right there. What are you looking at? I don't understand. Well, so. In the Lakers, didn't they say that they missed a foul call on the three point shot to they missed. Mm-hmm. They missed a. They missed. Um, a, yeah. A also, call. LeBron traveled. The two minute oh, report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The two, in, two two minute report says they missed seven calls on the Warriors. Three of them being on Curry. So take that for a grain of salt of whatever you want. But the point being is that he's a superstar who doesn't get superstar calls. And yeah. and if that's the case, you don't want to give superstar a superstar call. Then none of the other superstars should get a call. Like let's just play fair. I'm cool with him not getting a call as long as everybody else doesn't get a call. Right? Let's play fair. But if everybody else is going to get the call, then our guy should get a call too. I mean, also too, I mean, when you're watching a game, like Curry doesn't go to the ref and bitch and moan and yeah. freak out. I mean, LeBron does that. The camera don't lie. He does that. We all watch the games. We see it every night that he plays, the bitching, the moaning, going to the ref, um, the the acting, you know, uh, you know, LeBron's what, 250 pounds almost seven feet and then a little guy will bump him and he goes flying. I'll do you one better. How about the game against the nuggets with Curry and Curry was posting, uh, 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 Jokic. Right. And then like Curry, Curry slightly moves forward and Jokic goes flying forward. Oh yeah. I I mean, come on. That dude's like almost two eighty nine against Curry. Really? I'm just helping him see. I'm just helping the ref see it. ridiculous man and that's the shit that kills the kills the game that's why people don't want to watch that's why people get sick of it you know it's not i'm here to watch uh the game not free throws you know um what was the game against the lakers uh and the the coach the coach went off uh the european oh with the with the raptors the rap he went off yeah why don't we just get rid of free throws? Why don't uh, the only way you could do free throws if it's a flagrant foul? Then nobody can get free throws. Let's do that. Bring that bad boy in. Well, then you're just gonna have guys like clubbing you know, each other, fouling. Yeah, you know, yeah. And... That's that, that that's that's asking to revert to like 1950s when there wasn't a three. How about how about how about how about yeah? You don't go to the free throw line for shooting. You go to the free throw line for if you're in the bonus for team fouls or flagrant. I don't like it. it. I still don't like it. Make it you that just way. Gotta, just, just call the game better. That's my solution. How's that? But my thing is that these guys are so smart that they're here to trick the refs. Like they know what they're doing and they're good at tricking refs. They've been doing it for years. Chris Paul all, uh, on our team, but he has been doing it for years. James Harden, LeBron James, all of them. They're good at it. So I think it's like what, what Kerr said a few weeks, maybe a couple months ago now is, uh, you know, as a league, 
you know, he was saying we, you know, we as a league, um, this is what they started calling. And, you know, you, you're trying to make the game a little bit more fluid, but then within that, you also created this other problem. So you're rewarding these guys for shitty basketball and, and acting. Yeah. You know, um, how do you legislate it out? I don't really know. You know, I think it's referees having having more time to to watch games, having more more time to you know. I don't. I actually don't know if uh, NBA referees are full time or part time. If it's a similar, similar issue with like the NFL, um, but it's also like you know if something looks like a flop, you know, penalize the flop. You know, um, you can always rescind it, review know, it. Yeah, it's it's. I know it yeah. slows down the game. Maybe you have a ref in the in the box looking at these things that kind of overrides the the floor call. I don't know, but it, or it's, or why it's don't irritating. we do what soccer does, where or football, whatever pond you're on, where like it's a delayed penalty. You know what I mean? Like it, you're gonna get the penalty later on once we review it, but just keep the game flow going. You know what I mean? See if there's an advantage or not. Exactly. Right. Play just the keep advantage. the game flowing, and then we'll call it later. All right. Uh, let's let's move on. That's enough bitching about referees. Uh, let's say that for the Super Bowl. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm funny. Okay, so Tristan Thompson has been suspended 25 games for violating the anti-drug policy by the league and the Players Association. Whoopsies. Uh, it's um, like 40. What did you, I mean? Yes, he's not. He's like 30 something, but no, still. Yeah. All right. So he's um, pro drug. He's pro <laughs> pro drug. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the uh, earlier this, uh, I guess, you know, basically a day after we recorded, uh, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin after leading the team to a 30 and 13 record. Doc Rivers has been hired to, as a replacement. And uh, uh, I guess there was some reports on Wednesday that alarm bells like first started sounding just before the season uh, when Terry Stotts was an, uh, a veteran assistant. Uh he like abruptly resigned after a verbal altercation. Spit out the word. Um, so the team, you know, didn't look great, but they kept moving on. Uh, and then the defense has been just like really, really bad. And they've been like a top 10 defense basically this entire time Giannis has been there. So uh, uh, things just were I not get, going I well. Heard, I heard that uh, the coach was calling Stotts over and – for whatever reason, he didn't respond right away or quickly enough. He was like working with some players and then was like, Hey, get your fucking ass over here. And like said some pretty nasty stuff, like in front of the team. And he was like, man, I, I, I ain't having that. And that was like, that's what you're referencing. Like before the season started, I guess that was like yeah. training camp or whatever. Yeah. Right. Apparently he's getting fired just cause he's an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you can only be an asshole if you've been successful. Like that's uh, that, that's the Belichick rule, right? The Belichick yeah. or the pop rule. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so uh, basically, uh, last month it was rumored that Doc Rivers began serving as sort of an informal consultant uh, as the matters got worse for the Bucks, and then now all of a sudden Rivers is replacing Griffin. That's a cold world, isn't it? Um, according to Chris Branch of the Athletic, look at me yeah. citing sources and what. I mean, I'm still not really sold on Doc Rivers being the head coach, but if Griffin was that much of an a-hole that he ruffled the feathers of of your top players, then by all means he needs to go, right? Yeah. But 
I'm not really sold that Doc Rivers is the uh, the answer to their I, to their problems. Uh, yeah, he's he he's a band aid, uh, but yeah. he's taking over a team that's uh, in second place in the East. So, which by the way, can we? Okay, I give shit to to Chet Holgram, um, but this he's shut up and he's he stopped trying to boast and and do this and that, and he's playing great which I'm all for that. You know, I was really upset with him coming out of the draft because he was all talking about this game and then he tore his ACL and it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You, you can't talk and you've never done in the league a, a, an iota of time, right? But they're number one. And I'd say hats off to them. They're they're battling with, with Denver for that number one spot onto it. And I did not think that OKC was going to be there. So um, maybe Doc Rivers takes over a team that, just needs to get a refresher on defense, and you got probably one of the best teams in the East. Sorry. I mean, uh, I think Philly is like third or fourth. So I think you got probably one of the best teams in the East with, with Milwaukee. So let's go for it. Let's roll the dice. Yeah, they ain't going to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to hockey. The Sharks in the over the last week, they had a three-game win streak. Uh, they they get the win in the shootout against the Kings down in L.A. They come back home to play the Rangers, get get the overtime winner there. That one was a shocker, uh, t- except for Tyler, who had that as the win of the week. He Not gets the way I scripted point. it, but I take the win. Yeah, win is a win. And then they drop the, the, the game on Saturday afternoon, 5-2 against Buffalo. That's who Sam and I had as the win of the week this year, this week. I have a question. Uh, that's okay. Can, yeah. Are we allowed to pick more than one game win of no. the week? The just idea one. is to pick one mm. game. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just pick every game, and then anytime they win, I get a point. No, that's mm. no. We're that's not fair. doing that. I, I asked that the first time. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. so I could just say we're going to go undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> and All then right. that's what Vince said. Yeah, but then they have to go undefeated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you get nothing. Right. Okay. So upcoming games, uh, they have uh, Tuesday at home against Seattle. Wednesday, they travel down to Anaheim. And then there's a two-week break for the All-Star game. And then there's also, like, a scheduled uh, week of time off. Basically, every team they schedule in, like, a little mini break because hockey is so rough on you. Uh, It's sort of like a bye week like they have in the NFL. It's kind of a similar idea. I imagine you you guys are going to pick Anaheim. Is that a fair assumption? Yes. I'm going to pick Anaheim as my win of the week. Anaheim is just one spot above the Sharks yeah. in the standings. The st- uh, they're currently 15th. They're not dead last right now in the West. Uh, and I think uh, Seattle's they, they, like they, top three. What? Seattle's top three. No, Seattle's uh, on the outside looking in of the playoffs right now. But... Oh, they've, they've dropped down. Okay. Yeah, they're, uh, they're currently uh, fourth in the wild card. Top two make the wild card. Uh, put me down for Seattle. The All reason right, so being take... is because I think Anaheim is the last game, and I think there's going to be a lot of senioritis with our young team ready to just get a break here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Anaheim for my win of the week. Uh, they're just a really bad team, just like the sharks. So uh, I'm going to play it safe, I guess. Yeah, it's not a bad bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam, who are you Anaheim. taking? Anaheim. Okay. All right. Got that. All right. And so our standings for win of the week, I, that, that one overtime, uh, the one shootout loss, excuse me, is what's keeping me ahead. I have six and a half points. Tyler has six. Sam has two correct, but he also started a week late. So uh, you're almost there, bud. I mean, rally off um, a couple I'm gonna weeks. Go on, here. I'm going to go on a winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. 
All right, so there are a couple of other things that I did want to talk about really briefly. I'll try to make it quick. The Utah Jazz owner, Ryan Smith, has requested an NHL expansion team in Salt Lake City. Uh, the NHL gave a response. They said, we have been impressed by Ryan and Ashley Smith's commitment to their community and their passion and vision for Utah, not only as a hockey market, but as a preeminent sports and entertainment destination. Utah is a promising market, and we look forward to continuing our discussions. So basically what I think is actually happening is the Arizona Coyotes, yep. like that situation, they can't keep playing at a 4,600-seat uh, college arena. Like that situation is coming to a head very soon. Maybe maybe in like uh, by the end of this month is what Brody Brazil uh, hy hypothesized. Definitely by the end of February, because they have to release a schedule uh, for uh, for next year coming up pretty soon. So I bet we're going to know okay. fairly quickly what what they're going to do with Arizona. I bet um, you if if somebody had a minor hockey team, let's say like I, I, let's say Dallas, just for shits and giggles. Let's say they had a minor team in Arizona. I bet you that team would be more popular than the Coyotes would be. <laughs> like, well, the that's, Coyotes that's how much been, the Coyotes have rubbed the city the wrong way. They've been well, they've been plagued by terrible play and poor ownership. Um, it sounded familiar if you're an A's fan. Uh, yeah, and it's just like they, they don't spend any money, and then when they tried to get something on the ballot, they couldn't sell it to their um, constituents. And this the, the 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 citizens in Tempe voted it down big time, yeah. And and they were asking for like seven hundred forty million dollars in like tax breaks and then like straight up money uh, to help build the stadium. You're you're asking for way too much from you know, from the population and it, it tax breaks too. Basically, we don't want to pay taxes for the first five hundred million dollars over thirty years. That's that's what they were trying to get and. That's fucking stupid. You're never gonna get that. Yeah. At the, at, like right now, that's that the appetite for building stadiums for billionaires is just not there right now. Well, um, it's because they're billionaires right. to build their own fucking stadium. Exactly, <laughs> and that's why this announcement by Ryan Smith, the Utah Jazz owner, saying, "Hey, we got a stadium that's ready to roll right now. They can they can host uh, in uh, like where the Jazz play that arena." Uh, there's a couple of sightlines that aren't perfect for hockey, but they can do hockey temporarily in there while they build an NHL specific arena. It, if that they end up going that way, it's also because so, that Utah doesn't even have a team. Like you would think, when I think hockey, I think Utah's on there. Like well, right off I mean, the top of my head, I think Utah the, would the, be a place. The other part of it is Salt Lake is a front runner to land the 2034 Olympics as well. Mm. So they're trying. So so with. A new arena. It makes sense that with the helps. infrastructure. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the, yeah. It like it, it helps bring everything together. This is this is a bigger play that somebody with ten billion dollars is trying to make happen for his state. And if they can it get is, a hockey team out of it, this is the same guy that took the billboards up for uh, the A's, right? I think Isn't so. It the same yeah. guy. It's the yeah. same guy that's trying to now. He's trying to lure the A's. Yeah. Uh, for a season or two, I I get what he's do why he does that. Like I'm not gonna knock Salt Lake City because of our shitty owner. He's doing what he has to do to bring in revenue for his own uh, ventures, being this hockey team. So he's gonna try and bring in a baseball team for a season or two and be like, cool, that's extra profit in the pocket. But yeah. I think he's gonna ultimately get screwed by John Fisher and gonna realize that this is a bad deal if he takes this deal. Right. Um. Well, I will I think, say that I think Salt that Lake. 
Oh, go go ahead. ahead, Vince. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say Salt Lake City is, um, I believe it's the 27th uh, largest media market, which is 13 sizes uh, cities higher than Las Vegas is for sure. those of you playing the home game. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there, there, there's a population there and they only have one team right now. And that's that's certainly an opportunity, whether it's baseball or hockey, they're going to get something. I feel well, like I, I mean, they have like, they have the bees right which is a really popular minor league baseball yeah, team. yeah, yeah. they're yeah they're a minor so, league though i mean it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility of, of him having to get this as extra profit i just think he's going to get screwed in the deal by john fisher because it's just what john fisher does he's just right, here yeah. to screw you he doesn't give a shit about you well i mean he, he he has way more money than john fisher so like even if he does screw him i think he's smart enough to limit his damage limit his um you know what? Whatever hit he made. I, I think at this point, it. it's just extra money to do his ventures with his hockey, and by all means, go for it. Yeah. So I I do feel bad for the um the fans of the Coyotes who are just going to get screwed again. I just I I feel it like this is this is yeah. heading yeah this is heading for relocation. I know that um Houston is on the 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 desires list, and Gary Bettman has tried to keep that team in in Arizona way longer than anybody else now let's try let's just do point. atlanta for the third time sam yeah. you were gonna say something i was just gonna say that uh you know i think salt lake utah um i think hockey baseball would be a a massive hit i think it would be a huge hit um like vince said there's you know there's only the basketball team there and when the utah jazz are good they're they're well supported uh for many many years that franchise was supported um so I think the fans, the fans would be there and I, it baseball hockey. I just think it would be very supported by, by these fans. I think they would embrace it. Um, I think it would be better if it was, uh, I think if it was an expansion teams, I think it, that's what I think communities want more than ever. I think the, the veil of relocation has kind of been taken off of, majority of people's eyes and how much it hurts a community and fan bases. Yeah. And it's fun to talk shit and talk trash against other fan bases. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be, uh, I think for the most part, we don't want to be assholes to, to our civic, uh, you know, uh, neighbors or things like that. Um, but, and you know, it's sad that, you know, the, the coyotes are going to potentially be relocated as well, but in the NHL's defense, you know, Gary Bettman has tried to do everything he can to to keep them there, uh, but it's compounded with with owners like John Fisher who weren't committed to to winning, and we're kind of seeing the same playbook here in in Oakland. Is uh, they're already look they potentially have to look at other sites because you you can't fit a dome, like yeah, you know, yeah, we, we dude. Yeah. We, we'll save this one for next week because next week is kind of the the bye week for for our football fandom. So we'll, we'll save the yeah the that for that. But um, right. but yeah, I okay. Your dad uh, your dad did say that the bees are moving to a stadium half the size. That is true. Right. I did hear uh, about this? Yeah. Except if the the, the A's are actually looking at the um the seventy five hundred instead of the fourteen right five hundred right. uh, seat. So like. The, the A's, if they do end up playing their, you know, the gap years in Salt Lake City, it sounds like they're going to play at the smaller uh, stadium because, of course, they would. Well, why? he doesn't have enough money to pay for the bigger one. That's why. So dumb. 
Anyways, so fucking uh, we'll, all right. We'll move on. We'll move on. All um, right. So how did Wrexham do? Uh, they lost, but for two minutes, they were up on a mid-team, mid-tier championship team in the Blackburn Rovers. Uh, they lost in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Not a big deal, guys. I mean, you got to understand, they're still a League Two club, and they spend less money than the bottom championship team in Rotherham. So is there a gigantic gap difference between these two? Yes, absolutely. But it's a great test point that they at least scored a goal and were up on a championship team that brought out their A squad, not at their B squad. And I think they brought out the A squad because you're guaranteed a, a match against a uh, premier league team in the next round. So um, by the way, the scheduling looked in the way that the, that they had the bracket set up, you were guaranteed one. So I think Rovers wanted that because it's money at the end of the day, you get more money by moving up in the cup rounds. Um, but Hey, it's okay. Do your job. Like uh, Nick Bosa says, and then uh, you move on and and you go up to to League One. You get more money, more endorsement deals, and uh, hey, you're probably looking at like your League One money is probably spending closer to the bottom tier of a championship team, which is kind of what this path is going to take them to eventually. So uh, there has been any games. The uh, game that they were going to play previously got postponed due to this whole Blackburn Rovers game. Uh, so they're still sitting at the place they were two weeks ago, or well, about a week and a half ago. Uh, they're 52 points, two points away from actually that's changed. They're five points away from Stockport because of a postponement game. Um, next game is against Southford city. Just another chance to move up. So there's nothing right. else for them to do as far as cups go. Just, just focus on the league and move on up. Sounds great. Okay. Um, just do your jobs, just do your job. <laughs> Uh, somebody who's not going to be doing his job any longer. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is going to be stepping away from Liverpool at the end of the season. Uh, great coach, even greater human. And uh, uh, Liverpool's going to miss him dearly. And uh, he's just, uh, uh, he's, he's a hell of a man. And uh, uh, just somebody that's, that, that does it the right way. And uh, he's just, it, it's, it sounds like he's exhausted, you know, like coaching a Premier League team, is probably the least fun job in professional soccer coaching. Like that, that I is a like awful, coaching, awful coaching rough a, job. Not just a, a Premier League team, but a top, well-known mm -hmm. Premier League. It's probably yeah. like he, if you were to compare to anything American-wise, it'd be like taking the head coach job at Alabama. Like you are the face and the presence of everything, and you do a lot of things. And it's probably just really taxing as just yeah. to be like, I'm over it. I can't do this. Yeah. Anymore. But it's it, it's even uh, bigger. So yeah. like 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 if if college football was actually a tier above the NFL, like yeah. that's what it really comes down to. It's like the same amount of pressure, but then make it uh, for players that are even better than the, the best in the world at the NFL level. Like like that's it, it, it's tough to wrap your mind around just how huge of a job uh, that is. He's uh, he, he won a Champions League and he got. Uh, he got the first Premier League uh, for Liverpool since the Premier League formed. Uh, so uh, it's it, it was a job that, like, the team had kind of fallen on rough times a little bit there, uh, but he brought him back to the top. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right on. Into All the same sunset. coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, one, one of the greatest. Uh, so he's gone. Uh, one more note for soccer, um, Bay FC and the entire national women's soccer league have dropped their schedule. Um, I actually signed up to like get a call when they start selling like season tickets. Cause I, I wanted to know, mm -hmm. um, 
if anybody is interested, you can get 15 games, which is 13 games against the other teams in the NWSL, plus two international friendlies. You can get into the stadium for like for all 15 of those games for 260 bucks a seat. So that's, you know, that's a pretty damn good deal. It, it's a, uh, it's something that I'm definitely thinking uh, pretty hard about. Uh, if, if, if I don't even do that, so though, 15 games total, 15 total games, $260. Yeah. That's we'll a that. quick yeah, math two, here. Yeah. 260 divided by 15. Uh, so about, about 17. Oh, even cheaper. Yeah. 17 a game. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, so that's that's obviously the cheaper seats. If you want to, you know, spend up a little bit more and sit in a better seat, you can do that too. But um, I will say I'm pretty tempted. Like yeah, that's not that's a bad something, idea. something to think about. Uh, uh, and it, it's stadium. Uh, they're playing at the uh, Earthquakes uh, Arena oh. uh, or Stadium down by the uh, San Jose Airport. It's not a bad idea. I I am gonna look at the baller schedule and see what it is to be a season ticket holder for that. Yeah, I yeah, might be so, interested. So okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that. That's another one. Let's uh, support these teams that um, are trying to build something. You know, Bay yeah. FC is an expansion team. This is a brand new women's soccer team. Um, uh, the Oakland Ballers. That's obviously a brand new baseball team. That's gonna. We also have a uh, the the new women's basketball team coming to the Bay Area soon too. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's twenty twenty five, I believe. So next year, yep. um, yep. they'll be tipping off. So we're gonna see more news about that in the you know coming weeks and months. So this is a this is a great opportunity to get in on the ground floor of some of these uh, teams that you know it could be a lot of fun and the, yeah. the tickets are not expensive you can you can get in pretty cheap same thing with the we went to the minor hockey last year the minor league hockey the uh, the Barracuda that's you know uh, we don't always have to support the top flight yeah I'm Go here to watch a minors. good game and watch some yeah. sport and have a have a couple beers with some friends that's All right. That's how I felt about the uh, the San Francisco Bulls too when that was around. That was yep. a great heyday, you know. Yeah. Uh, too bad it only lasted about a season and a half, but that's hey. okay. Hey, I support. They tried. It. They tried something. Okay, <laughs> so um, last note that we want to talk about uh, is the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame class was announced. Adrian Beltre gets in first ballot, 95.1 percent. Only 19 ballots did not include him. Joe Maurer on his first ballot, 76.1%. Uh, he he got in by four votes. Uh, Todd Helton on his sixth try, he gets in with uh, nearly 80%. And Billy Wagner fell five votes shy. Uh, next year is his last shot. I don't think I expect- Billy Wagner, I don't think he's going to make it. I know you guys do, but I don't think he's going to make it. I think he is. I think he is. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit tough, but uh, next year's the last shot. That's that's going to be close. Um, he needs eighty percent. No, he needs seventy-five. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because he only five, needs okay, five that's votes. Fine. That's he fine. needs five guys that didn't vote for him this time to vote for him next time, and I think that he's going to get that. Um, especially when when all those guys that kind of left him off when they see how close he is, they're going to probably rethink about it a little bit. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So, oh, oh the, the one thing that I wanted to talk about with this is with Adrian Beltre. Um, the 19 guys who didn't have him on the ballot. What are you doing? What the hell? Like, I mean, that, that he's a no brainer, you know, like to, to me, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it feels I was, silly. I was a little, yeah, he's a no brainer, but Joe Mauer is the first ballot. I was a little, yeah. see, that's another one. If Joe, if Joe Mauer is a first ballot hall of famer, 
I think that's an open and shut case for Buster Posey now to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think that's I, um, oh yeah, same team. Yeah, one one team, and he played catcher the entire time. Joe Maurer, the last like first. The four or five years, played first base and uh, kind of padded the stats a little bit. I think, I I I think this opens the path for Buster Posey now uh, in a couple of years. And, and Joe also Maurer Buster's didn't get his class. whole entire ankle literally broken off his body, so yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, Buster's uh Buster's uh, class that he's going in with isn't quite as strong either, so that's going to help as well. So it'll be a lot of guys that are kind of still on the ballot from years past, plus him and a couple others. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I heard we can talk about, about like, that more. I heard something about yeah. like a, I know we're getting close to the end here. I heard something about a perk that if you were announced in the hall of fame, like you and like a family of five or six can just go to any game you want for free for the rest of your life. Like, that's just like, yeah, you like, get free tickets to like any, you just let the team know that you're on your way. Then, but like, like yeah. if you are an ex player and you've served enough MLB service time, like you and like two, maybe, maybe one other person can go to a game, you get the gold card. But if you're a Hall of Famer, like a family of six can go for free whenever they want. Like, that's like one of the perks. So, I don't know. I, I think Good life. has like I mean, four kids or something like that. So I think they can all go for free for the rest of their life. Joe Maurer only left the state of Minnesota for road trips. Like, I mean, that dude like That's lived true. his entire life in that state. So, uh, I mean, and he's obviously uh twins royalty. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> good on him. Get those free tickets, bud. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I don't think I have much more for the show no, this just, week. Real quick. Yeah. I'm just looking at the numbers between Buster and Joe Maurer and it's, it's close. I mean, yeah, it's, it's close. Yeah, the the counting numbers are a little bit more t- uh, favored towards Joe Maurer, but also that's because he had some first base years um, as well. Yeah. But like, like the war and like a bunch of the other stuff, like they're, yeah, they're right there. And, yeah, but uh, he's all. I mean, you know, Posey was a MVP. He's a multiple Gold Glove yeah. winner. He won Rookie a of the Year, um, Silver Sluggers, Rookie of the Year, and a three time World Series champion. Yeah, so, yeah. Pu- I mean, Buster's in. I think. I, I think that seals the case. How many for Buster championships does Joe have? One, zero, zero. Those wins didn't win nothing. Yeah, it's shut case. Buster's in first ballot. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, with that, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. You have been listening to the SVT podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell to get alerts when we go live. Follow us on Instagram and threads at SVT Sports Pod. Slide into our DMs. We would love to interact with you. I want to say thank you to uh, my dad and Tyler's stepdad for being in the chat. If you want to come into the chat as well next time, uh, please don't be shy. We're friendly. I promise. We'll give you a yeah. high five or something, a virtual high five. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you very much and have a great night. Later, guys.